We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hey, my friends, thank you so much for being here with me today on Journey to Center and Empower Radio. It means so much to me that you're taking some time out of your day to consider and contemplate the subject of relationships. Yes, relationships can be challenging and complex. In my book, Manifesting Love from the Inside Out, I document my journey from dysfunctional, painful relationships to a healthy, supportive one that really works. From my perspective, two of the most important aspects to manifesting a conscious relationship is to first heal our inner child and secondly, cultivate a relationship with that something greater, which many refer to as God, spirit, or the universe. Healing our inner child is dealing with our past hurts and unprocessed trauma. That's why we go to therapy or visit with a psychologist. The spiritual aspect is why we go to church or meditate or pray. For me, a balance of these two things has been absolutely vital in coming into balance within myself, why I believe I've attracted a really balanced man, and now have this balanced, healthy relationship. I believe my relationship works because I perceive it as a spiritual path, a way to evolve, a way to expand and explore creativity, and as a journey of consciousness. What exactly does that mean? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about here today. I have on the show an expert on the subject of consciousness, and I'm thrilled to have this opportunity to discuss this with her further. Today, I'm interviewing Eliza Mata Dalian. She's a modern-day mystic, a self-realized spiritual guide, and an internationally acclaimed master healer. She's affectionately known as Mata. She's a seven-time award-winning author of the book, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. This book has been endorsed by Deepak Chopra as a simple and elegant map of the path of enlightenment and as a sparkling jewel in the field of inner transformation. Mata is also the creator of the powerful No Yes Active Meditation and Transcending the Fear of Death and the Unknown Guided Meditation. Mata began contemplating these questions. Who am I? Where do I come from? Where do I go when I die? And what is my purpose here? At the very young age of five, when she witnessed her grandfather's death, she began focusing on her spiritual path to self-discovery with the help of the teachings of George hmm, Gurdjieff and Osho, as well as participating in a diligent meditation practice. It led her to experience spiritual enlightenment at the age of 33. Combining this experience with her innate ability to read suppressed thought forms in people's bodies and energy, and her 35-year exploration of the human condition, Mata founded a revolutionary self-healing method known as the Dalian Method. The Dalian Method identifies the root causes of physical and emotional pain and illness and permanently erases them from the body's cellular memory. This method is unparalleled to the gift 
of healing to humanity and holds the master key to help individuals accelerate their transformation into health and awaken consciousness on their own. Mata, I am so honored that you're here today. I know you've been very busy and I was so glad we found a date to get you here on Journey to Center. Welcome. So I'm so excited. So, thank you so much, Tammy. I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you as well. So, um, consciousness is something that really fascinates me, and people will often ask me what that means. I'd love to hear your perspective of what healing into consciousness means. You know, I'm really glad you asked that question because I think we need to start um, uh, defining or, or bringing the word consciousness into into our uh, common day life, and we don't quite use that word that often. And many people, um, uh, like you posed the question, they they don't understand what does this mean? What is consciousness? And basically. Um, it, to just describe it in a short, sort of sweet way, consciousness is your ability to know. Uh, everybody has that inner ability. It's the ability to know. And this is not the mental knowing. It's not intellectual knowing. It's the knowing that transcends what we normally um, think with our thinking mind. It's the kind of a knowing that... Um, understands the reality, sees the reality objectively versus subjectively, and in a way transcends the ego mind that um, pretty much creates all our problems. Yeah, you talk about that a lot in your book, um, dealing with the, the stages of ego, and I'm reading it right now, and I absolutely... Love it. It's um, not a quick read. It's something I feel I can read a paragraph or two or three, and then I really need to sit and contemplate it, consider it. Um, it's, it's really very, very conscious material. Um, I would like you to explain what's unique about your approach and who would benefit from reading your book. Uh, well, the book took me seven years to write. And the reason it took such a long time to write is because I wanted to create a step-by-step guide guidebook or a map so people understand uh, what what is the journey that we're all on, what are the steps on the journey, and what are the steps that uh, we go through from being unconscious to being fully conscious. And... Uh, the, the pitfalls on the way and um, the things we can do. So the book is full of um, signposts and at the same time it's full of um, suggestions and, and uh, practices that one can incorporate into their daily life very easily without really needing to spend specifically time to do that. So, so in a way, uh, it's a present process, a process to come into the present. Um, and I've divided the journey into seven stages. And I, I explain very clearly to what each stage is all about so people understand where they're at and they can start self-reflecting. And uh, in a way, just like our education system has um, those stages in the physical material world, 
in our spiritual world, the same stages do exist. So we, in a way, start from preschool, go to elementary, then high school, undergraduate, graduate, and then um, uh, to university, PhD, and then we become a professor. So in the spiritual world, we go through those phases as well, and we can talk a little bit about those phases if um, if you feel we should talk about it. And I, I love that analogy. I often use that myself, and I've never seen anybody else use that. It's like I think some people are in kindergarten on planet Earth, and some are going to college. There's a, a great variety of um, levels of consciousness here. So to see you um, write that so clearly and succinctly, I really um, it made me it made me laugh. I loved it. It was really really great information. And I know your book has received. Yeah a lot of awards, and I know that Deepak Chopra has actually endorsed it. I think that's really significant. So, I mean, that tells you something right there about the level of, of the work that you've created here. Uh, yes, and, uh, uh, you know, I think we all sort of know, sometimes we can tell, you know, and we even use it in conversation, oh, well, this, this person is a young spirit, this person is an old spirit, is an old soul, but we don't really ponder too much to what, what this means. And basically what it means is that we're all come at different times, we incarnate at different times. Some of us have been around for longer, some of us for shorter time, and we're all at different stages of our development. And if we do understand that each person is at their own stage of development, then our conflicts will lessen. Then we'll have more compassion and more um, tolerance for each other. And uh, instead of trying to make, you know, other people think like us and be like us, we'll just uh, be more understanding and more compassionate to where they're at. I find that to be absolutely the case. And something you wrote in your book that I've never um, seen really in print before, but I have felt and kind of um, received during meditation is that you don't need to judge people. You don't need to get crazy about what's going on because even the mass murder is going to be a Buddha one day. You know, we're all going home, exactly. all aspects of God. So we can get really into the upset and the right and wrong and good and bad. But I found it's easier just to relax and accept what is because we're all going home. That part of the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and in a way, you're exactly right. Because everybody in their being is actually the same. This is where, where we're all one. When we talk about oneness, many people talk about oneness, but they don't really understand what oneness means. Oneness simply means that we are all part of the same source. Of course, we're different in our thinking patterns yeah, and living uh, you know, lifestyles. Uh, we cannot be all one the same, but we are one in our being. We are one from the source that we all come from. There's many things that uh, that um, uh, the process of passing away in Tibet they call it bardo. So it's it's a transition phase from being in the body and uh, basically coming out of the body. And to me, that's that's probably the greatest surgery that uh, can happen. And that surgery is done by existence itself. Uh, what happens is nothing disappears really, so the consciousness is everlasting, and 
what the energy does, and energy is everlasting. Energy can never disappear. Everything is made of energy. So um, when when the body dies, it's like an old machine. When it can't function anymore, it has to be let go of. And um, then a new body comes along, and the soul reincarnates into a new body to continue their journey. Uh, past lives come in, and remembering past lives come in, where which is important in one way to remember on the development process of the journey, simply to see the lessons that we have, uh, we're continuing to learn, the patterns that we're repeating, so we could stop repeating those patterns and become conscious to understand why we're still repeating them. Um, so in a way, everything is in a process of transition. So yeah, one thing changes into another. Everything is recycled in the universe, so really nothing can be outside of the universe and nothing can ever disappear. So Mata, I would like to know how suppressed thoughts, suppressed emotions, and processed emotions can create pain and disease, illness in the body. Um, well, we think and we, we we have learned not to be authentic because we're afraid to be criticized. We're afraid to um, to be judged. Um, people are afraid of failing. People are afraid of making mistakes. All that um, fear forces people to suppress their thoughts and to suppress their emotions. Mm. And. Because this is, it starts from very young age. You know, when the, the moment the child tries to do something or be in a certain way, they get either reprimanded, they say to, you know, to behave a different way, um, they, they, they're told, to, you know, to, uh, to shut up or, you know, no, this is not right. Uh, thankfully, the new generation is changing those old patterns because I think uh, some, Part of the um, um, education system was very much based on the old paradigm that a child needs to be punished in order to understand. And, you know, thank God they don't uh, hit children in schools anymore just to punish because they didn't, uh, you know, uh, they couldn't do their uh, math correctly or, or behaved incorrectly. So... Um, all those repressed emotions and thoughts accumulate in the body and obviously create energetic blocks. When we look at the child, the child is very natural and they, they're, they're present and they're just um, being themselves. But when you we look at the adults, they're very repressed. There's so many conditionings and fears in the body. So... All those repressions create, actually go to the extent of uh, creating all the illnesses that we look at and we consider as incurable. To me, everything is curable once we really go to the source and understand what is what has caused it. Of course, if somebody has an accident, you know, you might say, um, well, somebody has an accident and their brain is damaged, which um, actually is the case with my mother. She's in the hospital right now. A week ago, she had an accident, um, and she had to have a surgery on her head. Um, so th- those things, of course, you know, part of life, but there's something always that precedes an event that still 
um, is part of that spiritual work that the person needs to do. And it's always connected with those um, um, part, parts of the unconsciousness where, where the belief systems are ingrained in the body. They're just, they're just sitting there running the energy, in other words. That's uh, that's actually a part of what I also describe in my book. I have those seven phases, and also there's um, there's a chapter on the development of the ego, and the ego needs to develop to its fullest positive state in order for it to be able to be let go of. Because if the ego is wounded, it's really difficult to let go of something. Uh, there's more identification with the wounded ego. So, so then when I'm describing the stages of ego's development, I give two scenarios. The scenario where um, if the child was allowed to be uh, free to, to be themselves, of course they need guidance, but um, you guide them according to their needs, not according to your needs as a parent. And what happens with the child's ego and how it would develop and if the child is reprimanded and uh, not allowed to explore themselves freely, what happens to that kind of an ego or the, ch- uh, the child's ego? And, of course, um, this is where the healing process needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So, Maude, I know you're a master healer and you've created um, a healing technique known as the Dalian Method. How does your healing method work and how is it? different from other types of healing modalities? Uh, it's different in, in a way that uh, I do not work with symptoms. I work with the causes. So in other words, um, the first thing I do, I would look into the unconscious and I would look into all the layers within the unconscious until I get to the layer where, where the cause of whatever problem is originated. And normally, those causes are based on our life experiences. So say there's been an, a traumatic experience, and um, every experience makes us, uh, we make a conclusion about an experience after the experience. So if it's a painful experience, we make that conclusion that if I do this, you know, um, this is what's going to happen. So that's already a belief which is in the body. And whenever life brings other situations, we project those beliefs into life, and this is where we get stuck. And so what I do is I look at that, I identify that layer after looking at um, uh, the layers above it, and everything is very interconnected, of course. Mm -hmm. And then I start working with the body with, uh, accessing those thought forms or the beliefs that are in the body that are that are imprinted in the cellular memory, and start erasing those um, imprints. And the system works with um, I use breathing and I use verbal expression uh, to basically unclog the whole body. And I work from feet to the head, um, and also work with the uh, the frontal part of the head and the um, the back of the head where the unconscious part is. And um, often, very, most healing modalities very rarely actually work with the head. It's almost like they work with the whole body and, and avoid the head. Or um, they just work locally in the body. And what I've discovered is the whole body carries um, repressed thought forms and many times they're contradictory thought forms. One area of the body holds um, a positive thought, another area holds a negative thought 
and they both need to be worked with in order for us to come into the middle where the consciousness is, where consciousness realizes that, okay, this is part of the thought process and it's part of that horizontal reality. And suddenly when you see that, it's almost like um, the pendulum stops in the middle and instead of swinging from one side to the other side, then you're in the middle, which is where, where the presence is the now is, and from that presence, then you're able to see both the sides very clearly, and then you can disidentify. And the moment you disidentify, then obviously you're not identified with the story anymore, and the story just evaporates. And this is how the whole energy clears, and the the transformation happens within the body and uh, within the consciousness. And um, working with this method, actually, I've helped um, heal many incurable diseases, many, you know, things like asthma, things like fibromyalgia, um, and in very short time, within just one or two sessions, it's completely gone simply because those beliefs are removed from the body. Yes, yes. I'm, um, I just love this. You know, I was reading some of your testimonials about how you've worked with people that have had thyroid dysfunction and chronic pain, and it seems like you just unravel these diseases from the bottom up, from the root. You, you take out the root, and then it's just um, lifted with grace from, from your method. That, that's right. Yeah, thyroid is another big one. And, you know, um, people don't need unnecessarily to be on medication for their lifetime, you know, the whole life. Um, and this is what thyroid, uh, thyroid uh, people do. They're, they're basically on medication because there is no solution. But there is solution yes. and uh, easy solution. And that's why, um, you know, I, I am working with people individually at the moment. But uh, I'm also in the middle of um, completing my second book, which will be the self-healing version of my method, which will come with two CDs. And uh, I'm very excited once that's done to actually help people to to use this method to help themselves because I think the more people can do it on their own, um, the faster transformation globally can happen, and I think we're at the time where, where um, we are at the point where many people are able to take their own healing into their own hands. There's enough consciousness within each person that uh, they they can do this work for themselves. Well, I really love that because to me that that speaks of true empowerment, and that's what we're all about here on Empower Radio. So I think that's really wonderful to uh, give people these tools so that they can take responsibility for their own healing. That's phenomenal. Absolutely. And I think that's what we need as a, the next phase in our development as, as humans to, you know, because this just imagine if each person was able to take their own healing into their own hands, um, there would be so much less burden that we will be imposing on each other mm. and each person can take their own process instead of, you know, uh, throwing it out on others, uh, their problems or pointing a finger, they can take it all back and see why they feel the way they feel 
what's happening within themselves, take responsibility for it, and transform themselves. And as a result of transformation, there's so much joy that, that comes in. So instead of, you know, inflicting more pain uh, on each other and on to globally on the planet, we can actually bring in more joy and more celebration because <laughs> the moment you discover something for yourself... That, that can never be taken away from you. And that's something that nobody can give you. It's that, that uh, joy of self-discovery is unparalleled. And yes, it really is. Know, so, is Mata, where... we're going to go to break now. When we get back, she's going to talk about the four stages of healing into consciousness and how we break through the three veils of illusion. She's also going to offer a free personal mentoring teleclass for a very lucky listener. So stay tuned for all this great information and more when we return. You're listening to Empower Radio. Now back to Journey to Center with Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Out with us today on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. Mata, I loved what you were saying about being able to take responsibility for our own healing and health. Um, so often what I've seen with um, friends that have struggled with their health, and, and this has been my story as well when I was younger, I struggled a lot with um, physical issues and, and illnesses, and I would go to the doctor and they'd give me an antibiotic or you know some sort of antidepressant, and I, I feel in, in retrospect I was handing my power to another to fix me, which, you know, it makes me feel, it made me feel a little bit like I had no power of my own, that I was a little bit of a victim and it was up to them for me to get healthy. It, it wasn't uh, something I could do for myself. So I love what you're talking about mm-hmm. as far as your next book and the CDs that will support people in really being able to take their health and healing into their own hands. That's right. It's very, very important because I think this is where um, all our problems um, collectively exist because we have given away our power. And, yes. and I think there's... there's people who... Yeah, go ahead. I, I just think there's two ways to live, and I'd love to hear your perspective. It's either we are either a victim and disempowered or we are empowered. And and I prefer uh, to be empowered. <laughs> Life works so much better from this perspective. Absolutely. Then then because your your creativity is within that power, and people who have lost or given away their power, they have difficulty finding their life purpose. They have difficulty um, finding anything creative within themselves, enjoying their life, and. This is um, actually, uh, of course, is there. The, the, this sort of situation is there because there are people who like to be in control. There are people who like to uh, use other people for their own benefit, and uh, this is what many people don't understand. They they think if you know. Um, if they stay in the victim mode, that they are benefiting because they're getting attention, but what they don't understand is it's a negative attention, and actually it drops them from the joy that they can find within themselves. Mm. So, That's so true. Um, yeah, I think we can live our life in yeah. small drama, 
or big drama. And to me, drama with a capital D is really co-creating with spirit, living that life of, of joy and creativity and authentic power. But, you know, um, I think again, you know, there are different levels of consciousness and that's not where everybody is right now. But I think we're, we're moving into a new paradigm where more and more people are stepping up and, and, Evolution is really, I think, on a fast track right now, and and with the help of people like yourself, I think it's um, it's a really exciting time, very very exciting. Yeah, and I love that yeah. you're here to support and, and humanity more, the way you are. Yeah, you know, and we need more role models. Um, that we see that you know more people are allowed, more people are enjoying their life this way. So obviously, if it's possible for one person, it's also possible for me. Yeah, I got that during meditation. Don't worry about fixing anybody. Just live a life of joy and let that be your shining example of what you want to teach. And that really shifted something inside of me where I really have learned to honor myself and create with joy. And it's interesting because it is kind of a magnetic energy. If people would uh, make that more of a priority, I feel their lives would probably work with a lot more grace and ease. Oh, absolutely, and I think you you just use the magic word meditation because uh, this is how you're going to be able to actually find yourself. The only yes. way to find yourself is to look inside and meditation, which many people actually have a uh, misconception about what meditation means. Meditation simply means uh, looking inside and watching. So by looking inside and watching your breathing, um, is how you're going to find yourself because if you don't look inside, how are you going to discover what's uh, what's missing inside, what uh, what those um, uh, insecurities are, what the fears are, and instead of avoiding them, you need to understand them. And the moment you understand what the fear is all about, suddenly the fear just uh, disappears. And the moment you understand uh, where your insecurity is coming from and what kind of beliefs perpetuate that insecurity, suddenly you're free and that's how you get empowered. There's no other way to get empowered. It's the, 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 the most... Uh, um, the most existential way to get empowered is to know yourself. And you cannot really be empowered by repeating mantras or um, uh, repeating positive affirmations because you need to look to see what is inside of me that is keeping me in this state. And um, once you see that, then it's so easy. It's just instantaneous. It's spontaneous. It's like a, like a spontaneous combustion. Suddenly you're free. I absolutely love what you're saying, and I feel that has been the number one key component in my healing and the evolution of, of my consciousness. I love reading good books, but just like reading your book, I may read it for a while, and then I'll sit in contemplation and looking inwardly, and, and what does that bring up for me? What do I think? What do I feel? What, do, what does my soul have to, to say about this? So instead of looking for the answers outside, we can turn inward and find that wisdom in the kingdom of kingdom of heaven within so i love what you're saying it really absolutely. resonates as absolute yeah, yeah. truth to me so mata i would love to hear yeah, and more have you tried to, uh, go ahead sorry i was just going to ask if you've ever tried active meditation um is it like well like walking meditation or what, what how do you describe active meditation um but these are uh, these are meditations that involve activity they they um they originated 
They originated from Osho, the uh, you know one of our very powerful modern day mystics who um, um, who was around in the um, well, uh, I guess just before this turn of the century. Uh, but he he brought in he updated many um, ancient meditations and he also devised some new active meditations which are done with involving the body. So because in our modern day we're very very busy and also we're inundated with a lot of stress, um, a lot of electromagnetic waves, and you know um, the pace of life. Just sitting silently, it's very difficult. Many people are time, even they try to meditate, they sit, they try to quiet the mind, and they get more frustrated. So what he did, he, he devised these new meditations, which allow you to actually release the stress from the body, get the energy moving in the body, and once you've done that, in the in the first couple of stages, it, it normally these meditations have four or five stages. Then you have a time where you sit silently and you watch, and in that sitting, you immediately start experiencing the present, and it becomes very easy. And then you immediately start experiencing the the stopping of the mind without you trying to stop the mind. So these these uh, these meditations are. Uh, uh, for for this century, they're they're just a tremendous gift. And some of the names of the meditations are um, the Osho meditations, are uh, dynamic meditation, the which also involves uh, a lot of chaotic breathing, um, catharsis. Then there's the Kundalini meditation, which which has a, a process of shaking and dancing. Um, the Nada Brahma meditation, which has a humming stage and sort of uh, using the arms to, to release energy. And um, I recently uh, devised one of my meditations, active meditation called No Yes, uh, which um, was actually based on um, uh, uh, some uh, advice that Osho was giving to one of his uh, uh, disciples. And that uh, I, I just experimented with that with my groups, and it was so powerful. I had to uh, amend it a little bit and create this meditation technique, which allows you to say no for the first half hour. So you just release all the, uh, you know, all those repressions we talked about earlier, how we repress, we say yes to things we want to say no to, but we can't say no to because we're afraid. Uh, to hurt other people, or we're afraid to be judged uh, uh, without ourselves. So this allows you to say no for for um, the first half an hour, and then there's a period of silent sitting when you can actually start looking inside, finding that more peaceful space because it comes automatically once the suppressions are released. And then there's the next phase with the yes, where you really feel the authentic yes to life and yes to yourself and you feel excited about life and about yourself. And the music for, for that meditation actually, um, it took me quite a while to work with a musician to create the music uh, for the no face that it can actually evoke those emotions mm-hmm. and, and trigger those, uh, you know, suppressions, just open them up. 
And uh, so, and it works really, really wonderfully. So it sort of helps you with the process. And uh, that's another one that that very quickly a transformation happens. It's almost like meditation and healing simultaneously that happens through that. Yeah, I can see why that would be really powerful. I can just imagine going through that process. Mm. There's a lot of things I would like to say no to and yes to. So I can see why that would be really, really powerful. So, Mata, I would love to hear a little bit more about the four stages of healing into consciousness. Can you go through those really quickly? Uh, well, the, the, there are not, there are seven stages that I've uh, that I've described in the book, but um, I'll go through the four the first four stages quickly. So, um, and uh, so if we take the uh, just to describe what the stages would be um, in terms of our healing journey and. Then uh, obviously it's, it will be clear to what we need to do in the preschool phase of our um, development. We go through. We're just aware of our body, and the way we try to heal the body is normally through you know medication and uh, trying to heal our problems that way. Um, so this would be more like a preschool when you're still, you know, not sure and you think everything is in the world could be done through uh, through um, uh, medication. So, and many people actually uh, stuck in this phase. And then we move to elementary phase. In, the, in this stage, um, people recognize that medication alone is not enough. And it's not really solving their life problems. And um, the the effects that medication has, there's a lot of side effects to it as well. So then they start exploring things like massage, uh, physiotherapy, chiropractic, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, um, naturopathic medicine. So that kind of like uh, brings them more closer to themselves. So from the world thinking that the world can fix my problems, you come more to realize that uh, there's other ways, so the, exploring these ways helps you to start looking inside a little bit more. It's sort of, um, you know, arrow starts pointing more inwards. And then we go to the high school phase where we recognize that uh, w- even though we're trying to take care of the physical body, there are still emotional, mental difficulties that are not really um, being able to be taken care of by chiropractic or by naturopathic uh, medicine or by acupuncture. So then uh, people start looking more into, start soul-searching, you know, doing psychotherapy or counseling, um, and that's, that's opening other doors. People start contemplating about their life and what, uh, what's been happening. Many times in these situations, then from blame, people start looking at, um, you know, what, what might have, um, what might have happened in their life that, uh, might have triggered this kind of situations. But it's still the high school phase. People are still sort of thinking that the problem is outside. Mm-hmm. And then when they go to undergraduate um, university phase, this is where more uh, a person starts contemplating that perhaps 
there is something that um, I can do to heal myself and um, without really blaming or criticizing and uh, perhaps, you know, I need to start taking responsibility for the things that are happening to me. This is where the, the, the real spiritual work starts beginning for someone. And um, this is a very important phase because... And, and the people come to this understanding once their uh, their pain continues and once their suffering continues. And uh, this is the place where then a person starts contemplating more about life and um, sort of starting to to understand that perhaps I'm contributing to the way I'm feeling. Perhaps there's something that I need to be changing within myself versus wanting to change the other. Um, so, and of course, from, from this phase, we go to the graduate university where, where the person is more able to take uh, full, you know, um, responsibility and say, I'm not going to... Um, um, allow other people to control my life anymore. I'm going to take control of my own life and I'm going to do what I need to do to find my own inner strength and um, find my life purpose and, and work through that. So, so um, that's the phase where people start coming closer to becoming healthy with their ego. This is what I call a healthy ego. So the healing phase as we go through those phases, um, helps people to heal from the wounded ego into um, a healthy ego. And at this stage, when the ego is more healthy and it knows that, okay, well, I can take care of myself. I don't need anyone. Um, I'm not helpless. So all those um, childish sort of uh, unlived um, um, holes within are being covered by or, or closed by uh, the consciousness that the person's grown to um, to a certain level of understanding, and uh, this is how consciousness also develops simultaneously with the ego as the ego develops, and this is the phase just before. Uh, moving into like a PhD uh, phase where a person uh, starts facing the pain of their own ego. It's like once you start seeing the things that you've done um, and how selfish it's been and how damaging it's been, it becomes very painful. And also this is the phase where you start uh, feeling the fears because once you start seeing the ego as as separate, then you, the the ego, of course, wants to survive, and then there's the fears start coming up because the ego is afraid to die. So you start feeling fear of letting go of the ego or fear of taking the risks, and that that's the transition into more like a PhD phase. If if a person is able to face their ego. And, and uh, face the pain that um, it brings. And um, I have to tell you, from my own experience, when, when I started seeing my ego, the pain is actually agonizing to, to see yourself, to see your own ego. It's very agonizing. And 
um, it's very important at this play at this point to have someone who's passed through this phase to help you because to do it on, on one's own it becomes very very difficult and many people just stop here and they sort of think well I know lots of things now I know but but the next step is actually to face the fear of death because this is where also you're facing the fear of the ego's death. And uh, this is where somebody who's passed through that door can help you. And this is where, you know, um, um, uh, masters come in because it's, it's already a realm of a master who understands the dynamics and knows what, what they can do to help you. Mm-hmm. And uh, once, uh, you know, you've um, managed to pass through this stage of PhD um, and you, you have faced the fear of death and transcended the fear because the fear of death can transcend it only once you take the risk to say today is a good day to die and you take the risk because it's, it's the risk that consciousness takes over the ego and says, well, okay, if my ego is going to die, so be it. And that's where the gifts suddenly re- get revealed to you. That's where you uh, realize that you are one with existence. You are you are actually uh, one with um, what we call God because there is no separation. You can create then, um, you know, uh, you, can cre- you basically understand that there is a greater will and you surrender your will to a greater will. That's yes. the phase of surrendering, letting go of the ego. And once you've crossed that door, then you become a master who can actually help other people cross the door as well. Yes, yes you talk uh, about the importance real. of surrender in your book. So it sounds like that's really key if you want to evolve to those higher levels of consciousness. Absolutely, and surrender needs to happen on each each stage, each level. Obviously, you have to surrender something to open yourself to something else that you're not familiar with. Yes, I talk about and going every, through the glass to, ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so moving from one phase to another phase, you need to surrender something because you can't take um, the old things with you into the new. It's just this, there's two different um, vibrations of energy. The, the the levels of vibration change. And um, literally, as you move through the phases, your internal vibrations start changing as well. So you yes. start vibrating, you start emanating different kind of wavelengths. And obviously, uh, the the more, uh, um, you know, the, the lesser uh, wavelengths, they, they just don't don't work anymore. You sort of uh, move on. And, um, and on, on each stage, you have to surrender. It's like, you know, if you want something to be put into your hands, you have to open your fists. If you mm-hmm. keep your fists closed... And nothing can be put in there. Yes, it's just um, releasing that that need to control, which is an illusion anyway. It's really, for me, trusting that the universe is supporting and loving me and that I can actually relax. I don't have to hold things together. And I don't have to know the answers. I can just enjoy. Enjoy life. Enjoy creativity. Exactly. And it helps you to actually even thinking this will help you to take that step to surrender. Mm-hmm. 
That's so true. Just yeah, to and- yeah, open your mind to the possibility. Well, I know you had generously offered um, a special um, offer for my listeners, our listeners here today. If they purchase your book, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness, um, they can register for a free personal mentoring teleclass with you. So um, I think that's really exciting. I think that's a, an amazing offer that um, you're putting out to our friends here. So for people, if they're interested in this, and um, I, 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 I'm interested in this, I want to do this, go to www.healingintoconsciousness.com. And the details will be on there, right, Mata? The details are on there, and what we do normally through teleclasses is people can ask questions with regards to their health, their state where they're in, if if they want me to have a look and uh, sort of laser look into the energy and give them guidance to uh, identify some things and give them guidance to what they could do. And you can do this like um, in the distance or remotely? You don't have to be in person with someone to do a session with them? Uh, yes, uh, I can read thought forms. Uh, that, uh, that's why I have uh, phone sessions as well. So I can easily read thought forms and I work with my method over the phone and uh, it's just as powerful. Fantastic. And I know you also have a three-day workshop coming up at the Omega Institute, July 29th through the 31st, which is coming up. And you're going to be featuring your self-healing method there. That's really powerful and exciting. Yes. It is, yeah. That's. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, actually, I heard it's for uh, out east there now, so <laughs> I'm looking forward for some sunshine as well. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very, very healing on many, many levels. So this has been yeah. just um, a joy and a pleasure and a privilege to connect with you, Mata. I'm, I'm excited about continuing to read your book <laughs> slowly and digesting it and sitting with it in silence you do really have an elegant elegant way of um communicating this um complex subject of consciousness and i i'm just so grateful to have this time to speak with you i feel like we need to do another show in the future because i still have lots and lots of questions to ask you oh i'd love to Tammy, and uh i thoroughly enjoy being on your show so anytime Oh, fantastic. I'll, I'll be putting that into motion then. So you'll be hearing from me again soon. So my listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with us on Journey to Center and Empower Radio. If you would like to write in with questions, please go to j2center at gmail.com, j, the number two center, at gmail.com with um, any thoughts, any questions. If you um, know somebody that you would like to be considered for a guest or if you'd like to be considered as a guest, we always love to hear from our friends that are hanging out with us. So it's um, an honor and a privilege, Brent Carey. I love Empower Radio. I love this forum that you've created for us to get together and have these really incredible conversations with these wonderful conscious people. I'm honored and thank you again. Thank you, Tyler. You're a rock star. And I'll look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. God bless. Take care. <laughs>